You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith. Well, build a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. This is episode 302, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says, if you can't talk about it, you cannot change it. And joining me on today's show is Dr. Matt Rawlins. Now, Matt runs Green Beach Consulting, and he looks and works with leaders in governments and corporations as they navigate through change and challenges in their teams. Now, he also runs a non-profit Broken Top Leadership Institute that applies the same principles, but within a biblical context for Christian leaders. Now, on today's show, Matt's going to share loneliness is an invitation to experience the love of God. He's going to talk about how if we can't talk about it, we're not going to be able to change it. And in order for anything to change in our lives, our families, our business, our church, we have to sit down. We have to be able to have that dialogue. And also he's going to talk about how being a leader isn't about having all of the answers to all of the problems. It's about knowing how to ask the right questions. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. This is such a great topic, but one of the things that I always love my guests to do before we dive in is just to share a little bit of their backstory, their background, how did they get into their business? So Green Beach Consulting and, of course, yeah. now Broken Top Leadership Institute. What was the path that led yeah. you to, to those two uh, businesses and organizations? Yeah, good question. I, uh, I was involved with missions with a group called Youth with a Mission for 20, 25 years and um, really kind of, for lack of a better word, uh, fell in love with God. Mm. Um, and it kind of spoiled me for the ordinary. I uh, never really considered myself a missionary in the more traditional sense, but really fell in love with God. And I, to be honest, I knew I couldn't go home. I wanted to kind of follow out before yeah. I went back. So I spent 10 years in the Pacific and Asia and I really kind of found myself grounded in that love working through that. Then I went back and did some graduate work um, and really was kind of fascinated because as a, um, well, growing up as a typically an American, you know, you have kind of a monocultural, rather, for lack of a better word, kind of an arrogant, one-dimensional view of life. And I, I was typically in, in a, <clears throat> and then I found myself in another culture with other people and realizing that people see things very differently. I mean, a little mm. brief little story will kind of highlight this. I, I remember I'm 21 years old. I've got a little peach fuzz on my lip, trying desperately to grow a mustache because men grow a mustache. Mm -hmm. I was out in the islands. I was in an island called Saipan, and I was working with some Chamorros who are not hairy people at all. There was a little boy. I was sitting on a bench, and there was a little boy, and he was uh, rubbing his finger on my peach fuzz because he was fascinated with it, you know, kind of like an E.T. version of, oh. <laughs> and uh, I sat there, and I thought, okay, in one culture, I'm a man, and another culture, I'm a freak. And I realized, okay, so there are definitely different views of the world. And so that kind of opened up this whole new perspective that people are people, but we have different perspectives. And 
went back to school, as I said, and then in 2005 came back to Singapore and started a company um, and have worked here for what's it been now, 14 years. Yes. I, uh, as you said, my focus is on um, really dealing with tension and uncertainty. I mean, tension is the fruit. Uncertainty is the is the wall that all of us kind of have to hit mm. in our walk with a changing world. So I, even in business, I don't consider myself uh, a true businessman um, in, the, in the traditional sense, you know, because you think of uh, businesses as just trying to make money. Yeah. And I, I didn't go into business to make money. It was, it was not my goal. I mean, I needed money to pay the bills, but it wasn't. I thought, well, I, I, I want to work with people and I, I want to engage them. And these are the tools that God had given to me. So I was really just um, drawn into it, like in missions, only in business, just to say, okay, let's let's see what happens with this. So the last 14 years has been my kind of discovery, uh, uh, exploring what does it mean mm. to, um, you know, to bring the kingdom of God um, in a non-religious way. And I, I have to say, I honestly have to say, um, I'm having a blast. Yes. I, I didn't think business could be nearly as much fun. Um, and fun is a loose word, but engaging, challenging, honest, tangible, gripping, um, as I thought. That's what's got me where I am. Yeah, I love that. And what an opportunity for you to have experienced different cultures and different communications and preferences and things. Because I think when we are able to appreciate and, and show a level of empathy and even compassion for people who are different than us, we are able to build far deeper relationships, aren't we? We're able to build trust. And when we have that uh, platform then and, and, and that relationships that's building, then we can share um, information, insights that yeah. they, we may never have had the possibility had we not built yeah. that that uh, rapport with, the, with them yeah. at that stage. So I love how you've shared that. So you're going to talk about today how loneliness is an invitation to experience the love of God. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, you, you, you have to go back. So my work is not breath-related, meaning breath why my work is depth. I want I want to help people figure out. So a lot of the work that I do is to help people or organizations or leaders figure out where they're stuck. Often oftentimes they they think the answer is out there, but really the starting place is the answer is within us. And this it's only as we kind of look within and go, okay, what are what are either the assumptions or the values that I'm drawing from? And a mm -hmm. core value that I think all of us um, because by the nature of the way God made us, yes, yes we all want relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I, I can remember one time I was, I was in a course, and, and uh, the end of the speaker, and to be honest, I don't even remember what he was speaking on, but he, he was speaking, and I, you know, I was just kind of sitting and reflecting, and the words that came out of my mouth, uh, I guess I, you could say I was in tears, because it's just something that hit me so hard. The words that came out of my mouth were, I'm so lonely, I'm so lonely. Mm. And it was probably the first time in my life that I realized that Christianity wasn't a religion in the external sense. It was a relationship in the internal sense. And, um, you know, because when I grew up, I went to church. And the first church I went to, they didn't allow musical instruments. There's nothing wrong with that. But mm. a little boy trying to view God through the grid of a God who doesn't like musical instruments gives you a rather... I'm distant, removed, harsh. And so I had all these funny ideas of God. So when I finally kind of got down to the place within myself that um, 
my problem wasn't, you know, smoking or stupidity or whatever, name your, your distraction. Mm. Um, my, my problem was deeper within me. And it was only when kind of from the sole of my feet, for lack of a better word, that these words came out that I realized, oh, man, um, my problem is I'm alone. Mm. And I wasn't made to be alone. And I am loved. And, and, and that was kind of a shifting point for me when I realized that um, God loved me. This God, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus was this expression, and and that 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 was it. I, once I got that, I I fell in love. I thought, okay, I want this. I don't know what it takes, but whatever this takes, I'm I'm going for. This is this is what I want. Yeah, I love that. And um, also, you know, you remind us how as individuals and churches and institutions who are there to teach the love of, of Jesus and the deep, deep love, you know, as as you know, we've been created yeah. to yearn that. Yeah. And he, yeah, yeah. He, he wants that relationship with us as, as well. Yeah. When we start putting rules and regulations above the relationship and how much he loves us, that stops, yeah. you know, that stops. Yeah. But what an yeah. opportunity for you to be able to share that with others who I'm sure yeah. you have over the years, that loneliness, and what, that's what's that saying, I'm paraphrasing. I mean, you can be in a room of people and be constantly interacting with people, yeah. but there can still be that sense of loneliness for whatever reason. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, being that yeah. he created us, he knows us, you know, intimately, yeah. our desires, everything and what we need. And he often yeah. um, will put us in situations and, and he, of course, will, will deliver that for us. So what yeah. did you start to notice once you recognised, you know what, um, God loves me, Jesus loves me, he died for me. What what, what yeah. did you notice as far as that loneliness? Well, it's, it's a growing path. It's a little bit like um, falling in love. I mean, I'm married. I love my wife deeply. And, you know, you, your love grows through stages. You know, you have that first one that is infatuation or romantic, you know, different Greek words for it. But the essence of it is you, you go through developmental stages of your love. And, and I, grew, I, I, I started to realize that, okay, I was going to operate out of that. Um, the problem isn't outside of me. The problem is inside of me. And I'm always going to start with what's going on in me and how do I own that? And then how do I bring God into that? And then how do I walk with God through that mm. in a way that models who he is? And I think that the, the point for me was when I, when I, how do I say this? So when I loved God more than I feared myself, mm-hmm. um, I, I started because it, if I just start with myself, I think, oh, I can't do this because, you know, I deal with tension all the time, but I'm a coward at heart. I'd be the first to admit I don't mm-hmm. I don't study uh, tension and difficult things because, yes, I want to overcome it. I study it because I struggle with with trying to figure out how to be human in mm-hmm. a in a broken world and, and how to be fully authentically who God has made me to be. Um, so it, it, it's that process of saying, OK, God, I love you and and i'm going to keep one eye on you no matter how i look at myself i always love that chameleon you know that has the one eye mm-hmm. that looks this way and another eye this way sometimes i'll tell people always keep one eye on god um when you're looking at yourself because if both eyes are on yourself the only thing you'll end up with is either depression or or just blindness because it's, we cannot handle being ourselves mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. So I, when I fell in love with God, I thought, okay, God, I want to figure out how to love you, and I want to figure out how to keep one eye on you. So, you know, for those first years, I was three years in Saipan. 
And for those first years, I'd get up early every morning and I'd start to just study the attributes of God. I'd just study the character of God and I'd look up every scripture that had to do with righteousness, and justice, and mercy. Because I thought, okay, God makes a choice and God is someone and he's not a spirit in the sense of a, a force, like a new age thing. He's actually a being that has a choice. And this choice that he says is I choose this and not that. And I thought, okay, I want to figure out what he chooses so that my choice can be like his choice. And so those were foundational years for me because I would start to go, okay, what is righteousness? Well, righteousness and justice are the foundation of the throne. So righteousness is an attribute of the, the, a God who is a king. And, mm -hmm. and so just trying to wrestle with, because I, I got religion and I didn't really like it. I mean, Jesus was just a, a form of fire insurance to keep me from hell. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted more. So yeah, the, those early years were really important for me. And that's, you know, still on the journey, but it's, it's following, finding myself and aching for his presence, longing for um, him um, in ways that I honestly never conceived of when I started this journey. Yes, it's yes. Beyond me. Yeah. One of the things that I have come to learn, and I, I love having people share, you know, their testimony and their journey because every one of us is unique. You know, we each have different f fingerprints, as we know, but everyone is yeah. unique in the circumstances and challenges, I think, even from a young age. You know, uh, for, for me, it was very much identity because I was adopted. So, you know, even though I was yeah. adopted into a loving Christian family, there is still yeah. this um, sense of abandonment and rejection, yeah. which it wasn't. But we have an enemy yeah, yeah. and that enemy wants yeah, yeah. to remind us of what we're not. And so when I love yeah. the way that you've said, you know, turn your eye, keep your eye on Jesus and on the Lord, because when yeah. the lies are coming and they will come full and fast, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and you'll tell your own lies to yourself too. When we don't remind yeah. us, you know, who God says we are, we are loved, yeah. you know, we're all loved, we're cherished yeah. and we're chosen. Um, yeah. You know, when we don't remind ourselves of that, we can continue to, to believe the lies. And I love the Bible verse that says, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then the more you start to explore who he is and the more you experience him, you might have started off with the desires of a successful business and success and significance, whatever that yeah. means for you. But then you realize that the desire is actually to know him more and all of the other things that you thought were important, they still may, ha may or may not happen, you know, but often they do. He blesses you yeah. with them, but because your attention is focused on him first yeah. uh, and yeah. you get that need and that desire from him, then you say, well, now I can yeah. bring you the blessing because... Uh, yeah. That's how I created you to be, which is great. Let's talk about it. if we can't talk about it, we can't change it. I mean, what you've spoken yeah. about today, I think, sets a great platform that we can continue this conversation. What do you mean about this? Yeah. Well, there's multiple levels on this. So um, let's just begin with myself. So the, the first problem isn't that I can't talk with someone else. The first real root of the problem is I can't really talk with myself. Mm. So if I can't, so... Let me take a step back. So Adam's first job was to name the world. We have the breath of God in us, this ability to name life. So we, communication isn't just words. Communication is creative words that we use to name, to define something. Mm -hmm. So, so communicated, communication is a creative expression, not just of what we think, but of who we are. And so the, the first piece of, of talking about it is owning what am I feeling. So oftentimes when I'm working with someone or myself, um, I'll say, okay, what am I feeling? Well, you know, and so I, it's really important to name that feeling. I'm afraid or I'm frustrated or I'm upset. Um, and then to own that, that that is my feeling. Someone else isn't making me feel that way. Mm -hmm. And so I can start to have a conversation with myself and go, okay, in this situation, 
um, there's a little bit anxious or I'm a little bit whatever. And then as I, as I start to name it, then I can start to talk about it. But oftentimes what happens is um, people can't even have a conversation with them because what they end up doing is just their head starts churning and it's like a little hamster on a wheel and they're spinning, but they don't really, they can't define the feeling. Mm. They won't go deep enough to enable them. So, you know, if you can't talk about it with yourself, you can't change it. But if you can say, I'm afraid, then you can start to say, well, what are you afraid of? Now, as soon as I do that and I own that, then I, then I can start to externalize and say, when I'm engaging someone else, then I can say, well, here's what I would describe what's going on in me. And then we can start to put words and we can start to find commonality with those words. And then we can start to kind of walk through it. But the thing that hinders us from, from not talking about it is not the external, it's the internal. You know, and I, as I said, I, my well, research would say 80% of us hide, so I, I guess I'm normal. But in the mm-hmm. sense of, you, you know, hiding is um, that way that we, we don't want to yes. be confronted in the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the, you know, the whole framework of what I do is to try to help people be fully present. So... So a different way to say it is, how do I be fully present in the tension? Yeah. And to the degree that I can do that, to that degree can I engage it and talk about it in a way that is both rational and authentic to who I am. Yeah, I love that. Do you find when you're working with leaders that often the breakthrough or what they're hoping to achieve, the outcome, will require them to do some deep level of of soul searching, if you will, or to work through that? And if they're not willing to really reflect on that, and and, and oftentimes it could be some healing through that, they're not really going to be able to achieve what they want because they're just not willing to address it. Do you find that that often happens when you're working with Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause, because the, the issue, again, the presupposition is almost without, so, you know, when you do coaching, you have what they call a date. So you have to go and find out whether you're compatible. So on this first date, then I'll say, well, this is my, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'll always start and say, okay, I always start within and I work my way out. And what's in, inside you is what's causing the issues, not what is outside of you. Because the thing we can't control is what's outside of us, but we can't control what's inside of us. But yeah, some some leaders will just say, sorry, I'm not interested in dealing with what's inside of me. I just want to change these people so that my company can be more effective and I can make more money. Yeah. And then I think, okay, that's fine. Then you really don't want to talk with me because this is not, this is, I can't help you. Mm. So my goal isn't to make you something, more money or something. My goal is to make you more, and I'll use the word humble because I have a working definition of humility. But I, I, your goal is to be more authentic in regards to who you are and how you do this. So yeah. Without exception, without exception. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at Adam and Eve. The first thing Adam does when, when um, you know, in the great rebellion in the garden is he hides. Mm-hmm. And, and what's he hiding from? He's hiding from the presence of God. And the problem isn't God's problem. The problem is Adam's and Eve's. So the, the problem is he didn't want to walk toward the relationship and he walked away from it. Yeah. Um, and for all of us, it wasn't, the tree wasn't the problem he was standing behind. Um, you know, a good theologian might say, yeah, remove the tree and everything's going to be all right. The problem wasn't the tree. The mm. problem was, you know, he was terrified. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and that's what all of us, you know, got to face. Yeah. I read something on Instagram the other day was, was um, and someone shared a message that her pastor shared. And I thought that is so powerful and I want to share it today. Um, it said that we're often praying for a miracle. However, the Lord's waiting for maturity. 
And it's what we're willing to work through. It's what we're willing to repent. It's what we're willing to allow him to heal. It's like that old saying, I'm sure you've heard it before, and we often say it to to my mother. You know, she'll say, I'll pray for patience. And you know when you pray for patience, there's a whole lot of waiting in your future. So put replace the word with patience with whatever you're praying for, and uh, you'll have a lot of lessons in there. But if we're not willing to learn, if we're not willing to grow that muscle, and I think sometimes as leaders, and this will segue beautifully into the last point you want to talk about, it being a leader it isn't about having all the answers to the problems it's knowing how to ask the right questions as a leader or even as an individual if there is something in us which unfortunately we do need to deal with and it it becomes a weakness doesn't it now and we know we're promised that our weaknesses you know when we turn to the lord will become a strength but he heals us through that you know i can look back in things now where that used to trigger me but because i've walked with the lord and it was painful there was a lot of heartache in that but through that, I've grown that character, you know, um, and I think that that is as leaders who've gone through that, we can then kind of say, you know, okay, there's going to be some some time of learning and growth and maybe a bit yeah. of ugliness in there too, but it's so worth it once you come out yeah. the other end and that doesn't become a trigger for you. So let's talk about this. Being a leader isn't about having all the answers. It's knowing the right questions to ask. Yeah, well, the... the um in the bigger context, the, the, the struggle for leadership is the world is changing, okay? So that has ripple effects and all kinds of things. Why, why is that important? Because if the world is changing, we have to grow and adapt. Mm. And, and the world that we live in is changing faster than, so we've, we've got to be adapting, which then escalates the tension. And so um, a, a, a leader's ability to engage the future, and again, you have multiple dimensions of this. Oftentimes what we want is certainty. Oftentimes what a leader is looking for is certainty, or another word you might use is control, because that would make them feel safe. And I think what the real edge in leadership is not seeking certainty and control, but is seeking to be present in the midst of what is going on and then asking questions to create. Now, what should I focus on here? Because questions is a form of thinking. And questions direct your thinking to a certain way. So, for instance, Einstein once said, I think, um, if you had to solve a very difficult problem and you only had one hour to do it, he'd spend the first 50 minutes trying to figure out what's the most effective question and then the last 10 minutes working on the problem. Because once you ask a question, you have defined the parameters on which your mind will work. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if I say, where are there red things in the room? The only thing you're looking for are red things. Yeah. So the, the questions, and, I, and again, to go back, I love Genesis. So to go back, what's the first thing God does? Well, God asks the question. So the only being in the universe who doesn't have to ask the question, ask the question. Now, that should you should spend a year just meditating on the attributes of God, who, who's the only being in the world who could say, oh, I know, oh, I know, I know. And the first thing he does in a broken world is he asks the question. I ask three questions, but... So asking questions is, is, a, is, I think, God's way of modeling to us to say, hey, you guys, you're not going to know what to do. Mm. I'm big enough to be able to help you, but I want you to be curious. I want you to be engaged, and I want you to ask questions. Because that childlike attribute is a fundamental capacity for you to be able to overcome darkness mm. and uncertainty and challenges that you're confronted with. And so, you know, the, this ability to ask questions is, I think it's the simplest yet most profound tool Mm-hmm. that uh, a leader um, can use to kind of set people's parameters. So even on the most basic sense, if you say, what's wrong with me? Well, what you're going to find is what's wrong with me. 
if you can say, what can I learn from this situation, then you've just switched to a different view of it and you're looking for different um, things mm -hmm. through the question. So questions, it sounds simplistic, but, but actually I make my living, for lack of a better way of saying it, is simply by asking questions. Yes. Um, and, and working with questions as a tool to be able to help people, um, leaders, organizations, uh, teams, whatever, try to figure out, okay, what's the question we're really asking? Mm -hmm. um, and then to engage it. So yeah, it's, it's um, vital in the process. Yeah, I love how you've given that example because the just in um, our church, one of the church services this Sunday was talking about um, can't remember which chapter it was or, or the book, but it's like the sons of God um, come and and present before the throne, and the yeah. the Lord says, you know, where have you been or something like that. Now he knows, oh, he Job. knows yeah. exactly. Yeah. He, oh, that's right, Job. And then you know, have Satan you happened to be there, you know, job. randomly. It's like what I, I yeah. must go back there and, and do some more deep dive into that but the lord yeah. knows that you know and, and it's such a great yeah. um as you said model for us because sometimes as leaders we may ask questions because what we want to do is to engage with our team and and, yeah. and empower them to, to come up with solutions and often i think as yeah. leaders if we can create an environment where people feel valued they feel um part of the the team and being able to contribute and i think sometimes as yeah. leaders we do expect or we assume that we should know all the answers and that certainly yeah. isn't the, yeah, the yeah. case either yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you found that there's a number of key questions? Because this can be a skill, I think, that leaders, if yeah, they're yeah. not used to doing. So do you have a couple of really good open-ended questions that you would advise leaders start with if, if asking questions isn't really part of what they've been doing? Are there a couple of really go-to good questions? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I tend to want to default to where God started. So um, without going into too much detail, there's three questions that God asked in Genesis. The first one is, where are you? The second one is, um, I'll paraphrase loosely, but who told you? And the third one is, have you eaten? So the first one deals with context. Yeah. Um, reality. Where are you? Yeah. So it's not where do you want to be, but where are you? So the first question is, what's real? What is, what do you, where are you? So that's, mm. you know, you can, you can, you could frame the question in different ways, but the essence of it is, where are you? Yeah. Um, the second question is, who told you? And it is a question of authority. So who are you listening to? Yes. So there's a divine order that God goes through in this question. What's the context? And then who are you listening to? Who have you given authority to, to define the situation that you're in? And then the third question, it's interesting that the third question is, um, have you eaten? Which is the personal responsibility. So until you, mm -hmm. until you clarify the context and reality, until you clarify the authority, personal responsibility isn't really the, the primary function. Because if I haven't, dealt with who am I listening to as soon as I own what I did I'm still going to go out and listen to the wrong person yes um, so so those are the three things that, that I may not use directly those questions but I'm always aware of okay God you have a wisdom and I want to lean into that and, and this is the way you have you work with us in the first mm. you know the, the interpretation of the first is really important when you're trying to understand the Bible so the first time something happens is really so this is a first of the first of the first. And the first thing he does is ask questions. And he asks three questions, and he's defining the thing. So I, you know, I have spent years thinking about, okay, what, how do we do this? And um, it was cute because I, I led a school once with, and the students in the end put on a T-shirt, and it says, where are you? And uh, because I would start each day with yeah. the question, okay, where are you? Yeah. And trying to get them used to just going, okay, 
I'm here, but I'm really not here because I was thinking about something else, or I got a phone call, or I hate the food, or I didn't mm-hmm. sleep very well. But force, you know, so those are the those are the things that go through my mind in the sense of um, what's a what is what is God given to us as a tool, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then you could there's a you know I write, so I you know I, I'm wrestling with all this all the time with either devotions or books or you know, trying to think, okay, how do I do that? How do, how do we lay this out? How do I help train or working with people? Or how do I, you know, develop this capacity with, with the people that I'm doing in when I'm working in the business and mm-hmm. all of those type of things. So it's, it's never a pure and simple thing, but it, it, it's, great fun yeah it's, I, it's I'm just complex yeah as you're sharing that I'm thinking about all of the context that we can use you know certainly the questions that you've asked however yeah. in in our situation you know we may be overwhelmed or there may be something yeah. that we're trying to come up with a solution but it's a reminder yeah. is, is maybe I am asking myself the wrong question because it's yeah. taking us down a pathway to where we are consistently looking at issues and problems rather than okay if I was to think of three easy solutions what are they because you you, you immediately change the focus yeah. and you know the Bible yeah. says where yeah. our heart is our focus is so let's change yeah. that focus by yeah. asking a really great great question we have covered so much great great insights uh, and we probably do, well we have just scratched the surface but uh, I know that uh, we're going to give people an opportunity to connect with you to reach out to you to find out more about your work so yeah. let us know how best can we connect with you Matt well the they can write matthewrollins.org or the, the institute brokentopleadership.com um, are ways that they can kind of find out some of my, you know, I do a daily devotion. I write um, variety for the marketplace as well as for the church. Um, so if they want, they can explore some of those things and join me or you know, some of the different things that I'm doing on my side. Um, but those are the two primary ways right now, brokentopleadership.com and matthewrollins.org. Yeah, fantastic. Before we finish, I will also close with a with a word of prayer for you too and the work that you're doing, Matt. But if someone is listening today and they may be at that place in their life where you know their relationship with God has been very much the rules, the religion, what would you say? Yeah. Maybe an insight. I mean, I know that you know everything that we've said today can certainly speak into that, but just leaving yeah. them with one insight to really twist that or to, to transform that and have it be more about a relationship rather than that religious and the rules yeah well I, I think I mean I can remember the time when I was going for a run and there was two people walking up the road and and I turned around because I didn't want to stop and stop my run and talk to them I turned around around the other way and I just had this clear sense that I wasn't running from them I was running from myself mm. And when, if someone's lonely, the core issue is they're running from something inside themselves. So the starting place is to just sit down and have an honest conversation with God mm. and with myself um, and say, okay, what am I afraid of? What, what is really going on inside of me? What, what, what is this thing that I'm, I'm running from? And, and then begin a conversation with God. Begin mm. to say, okay, God, here's what I'm afraid of. Would you bring people or situations or reading or YouTube or whatever the access is to get me starting to engage, start to talk. Who can I talk to about this that would be a safe conversation with that would help me to kind of work through what is going on and what is, what is there inside of me that is blocking this relationship? So it's really, uh, loneliness is really a gift given to us to allow us to go deeper into the realities of what we were created to be. So it's really just an honest conversation. Um, and back to where we start. 
I need to have a conversation with myself. What's stopping me from engaging at this deeper level so that I can move forward with God and with those around me mm. that would allow me to own what I'm afraid of and move forward. Yes. So that's, that's really the starting place for any life. So when the guy, you know, when the guy was in the pig pen, his starting place was to go, the revelation of, wait a second, I don't, he had to acknowledge that he didn't like where he was. Mm -hmm. And until we acknowledge that we don't like where we are, nothing's going to change. Mm. So until he said, wait a sec, I'm in a pig pen, this is really rotten stuff, but, and then he, he created options for himself. So simply acknowledging the reality of where you are and what I'm afraid of and owning that and then looking for a process to go, there, mm. process to go forward is the beginning of all um, restoration, development, growth, yeah, all mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, bring it to prayer. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, if you seek, you shall find. So uh, I yeah, love yeah. that. So let's finish. Uh, if I, if I, if you don't mind, I'll finish with a word yeah. of prayer. Okay, Great. let's pray. Father God, thank you for your opportunity to speak with Matt today. Have him share his testimony and insights. Lord, as business owners, particularly Christian business owners, it can be difficult to know what to say at the right time if we're leading a team. So it's wonderful that Matt has reminded us to ask, to know the questions to ask, and when we don't know what to ask, to certainly turn to you because. You have so many rich uh, insights and wisdom that is provided uh, in your word, which we really need to, to remind ourselves to look at each and every day. Father, we just want to pray for the work that Matt is doing in his business and his consultancy and his not-for-profit. Will you continue to bless the work, the team members that are working for him so that uh, your word, um, the truth and and how much you really love all, uh, all of us, particularly those people who may be experiencing loneliness as Matt uh, mentioned uh, today how that was something that was part of his journey father you know you love us so much you sent your son and that love is freely given to uh, those who seek so we just want to pray that the holy spirit will open the hearts and the minds of those people who are listening and uh, maybe that they will just stumble across this podcast and learn about the hope and possibility and the love that is there waiting for them father we just want to ask this in the precious name of jesus amen Thank you once again for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure and look forward to, to sharing this with many, many people and, and many of our audience as well. So thanks once again. Thanks. It's been a privilege to be with you and thanks for the opportunity. You've been listening to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training.